and I guess maybe doing a bit of a Bible study tonight, uh, I just wanted to focus on one verse, and I wanted to use it to explain, uh, just to kind of help some folk out. White folk, black folk, doesn't matter. Uh, just to help some folk out on what is actually happening um, and how we're processing this in culture. Uh, it's Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Um, and it's really simple. Uh, it says that uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick, uh, which is funny because usually most people will take things out of context and they'll just leave that verse there, but that's not the entire verse. Uh, it finishes up with, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a second anyway. But um, for anybody who was really just kind of lost right now, I know I put that post out there a couple of days ago because I just wanted to see how people felt. Uh, because I know that this is difficult because I know it's not easy. It's a lot for people to process and it's a lot for people to handle. Um, I just wanted to give everybody, you know, not a heads up, but just a reminder that it's going to be okay. Um, there have been a million tragedies that have happened in the United States alone in the history of America. Uh, we should not be surprised by the events that are occurring now. Um, they occur in different avenues, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they still are going to occur. I think the last time I was up here, I was talking about John 16:33, uh, where it says, uh, you know, God, uh, in the form of Jesus, being the prophet that he was when he was here, uh, explaining that, you know, this stuff is coming. I told you things, these things, so that you may have peace in me. On this earth, you will endure many trials and face many sorrows, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. You know, it's just, uh, it means we're going to overcome. It also means that we're going to face many trials and many sorrows, and we just have to be ready. We have to be equipped to be able to deal with these things. Um, and so this is a season of equipping. And <clears throat> this being a season of equipping, uh, the advice and the only real encouragement that I can give you is do everything you can to equip yourself um, because I guarantee that it will help you to sustain in those moments where it seems like your joy, your peace, uh, maybe even in some cases your love is being tested uh, because it, it's just going to be difficult. Um, the Bible doesn't spare us uh, the opportunities for joy, but it also says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, but right before it in Nehemiah 8.10 it says, do not grieve, uh, which means that there are going to be moments that come where we get the opportunity uh, to choose whether or not we're going to grieve over certain situations. I, for one, <coughs> am definitely very sad, um, definitely very angry, definitely very hurt. Uh, but what I realize is this is an opportunity for me to channel that, that emotional energy into having conversations with people, which I've been doing, good God, for the past two or three weeks. Um, and also uh, just to gain more clarity and peace for myself so uh, um, I don't know it's just so much I want to say there's so much that's on my mind um, but I just I don't know I wanted to kind of go down the list of the people that uh, left things when I was asking how the, how are they feeling um, and 
I just want to know as a community how we're feeling because most of us have probably never experienced something like this before. This isn't the 1960s. This isn't the middle of the civil rights movement. Um, you know, I thank the Lord that uh, the tables have turned and that the tide shifted a little bit. You know, if this was 50 years ago, um, there would probably still be dogs involved. There would be hoses involved. Uh, we'd be getting bit if we were out in the middle of the street protesting, peacefully or otherwise. Um, we would be getting hit with almost hundreds to thousands of pounds of water pressure uh, coming from water hoses. You know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that that we need to continue to keep in context. Um, for me, I think it keeps me grateful in a sense because it shows that we have advanced, even though we've also seen very clearly over the past few weeks that we have a long way to go. So, uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, I'm really hurt, man. I'm really hurt. I wanted to... I'm, I'm honoring... Um, because friends ask, and they keep asking about the Bible study, and I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, it means a lot that people want community. Um, I mean, I love that, but, you know, I'm, as I'm talking, I'm really, I'm successfully, but I'm really trying to hold back tears. And, uh, I don't know, I just, I got anger. I got hurt. Um. Bump it, whatever. Oh man, let's just keep going. Okay, so breaking down Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12. Um, if we are to apply, uh, if we're to provide application for this verse uh, in today's setting, um, this is not something that is operating in the middle of, of a single moment. Um, I know I put the post out there, you know, for, for my white brothers and sisters, when you are looking to engage your black brothers and sisters, remember that we're not just approaching a moment. You are approaching the soul of centuries of unaddressed uh, historical issues and dilemmas. And there's so much that lies behind the eyes of any African-American individual who is aware and understands what that is truly all about. Um, the identity of our being, first and foremost, is Christ. Uh, but then after that, we have this other understanding in Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27. God, in the form of the Trinity, is talking to himself and he says, let us make man in our image. And here's the deal man is not subclassified after that man is simply man which means that no matter what man looks like no matter the features that man carries man is simply man um and so you know that's something that a lot of people are gonna have to struggle with um, because we carry these different concepts and one of the realest concepts i can say uh, in, in, in the white evangelical church and also even in the black church is that you know they, they continue to carry out the love of Christ in what is still deemably the most segregated hour in America and they probably also carry the presupposition that when we die 
and we experience our eternal rest and then we finally get to heaven and we have the opportunity to worship that everybody in heaven is going to look like us and that is not the case um and you know what i would love to do is i would love to be one who is in a christian environment where the worship looks like what it's going to look like in heaven and that also includes all the different people that are going to be there um you know and so in order for us to do that we have to begin the practice of having the conversations to help us to bridge gaps and continue to produce unity another big verse that's in my life um that i'm really using in this season is philippians chapter 4 verse 3 you know let us make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace um that is definitely necessary in the season as well because we see all of the civil unrest uh, but, you know, these are the things that we have to navigate through to kind of get to that point. Um, but this is, in particular, what I want um, my white brothers and sisters to understand. And also uh, my black brothers and sisters to understand. Because some of them, I don't think, really address this from this standpoint. Um, Scott, what are you saying, brother? I'm 6'2". I think you're 6'5". I'm actually 6'6", six, six, but thank you, sir. Um, <clears throat> I always feel taller next because of your heart and your passion. Thank you, bro. I I appreciate it. I'm I'm simply just trying to walk stuff out, like we all are. Um, where was I? Thank you. Uh, but the main reason why this is uh, the issue that it is is because we, <clears throat> as in black people, have spent years holding on mm -hmm. to a hope that has not been realized. And so the front end of that passage is something that is very real and very near and dear to me and the hearts of many other African-Americans that believe in Jesus. A hope deferred makes the heart sick. We have held on to a hope for the span of centuries and nothing has come of it. There might have been a small move here, maybe a slight prog progression there um, and of course, the civil rights movement did uh, lay a lot of groundwork for the place that we've finally gotten now. But trust me, it didn't solve everything and it did not provide resolve for everything either. So, you know, um, what's the easiest way to, the easiest description I can give you? Uh, people like Jesse Jackson, people like Reverend Al Sharpton, um, who have stood for civil rights for years. Um, and can be carried in context of pastoral ministry as well. Or even Steve Harvey, uh, who I don't know if y'all ever listened to him, but he puts a lot of God in everything that he does, and he gives God all the credit. Um, you know, they have openly stated this past week that never in their life have they ever witnessed what is happening right now in terms of being able to make moves um, and kind of grow toward the unity that is necessary and to end the oppression of black mm -hmm. people in the United States of America. Um, that is unprecedented. And, it, and we need to take note of that because what it does mean is that on the back end of this verse, we may potentially be looking at, you know, finding, finding the means to the end. The dream that is fulfilled, which is a tree of life. Now, if you know anything about 
the Bible concerning trees. Trees always carry some type of significance. You know, everybody knows about the cedar of Lebanon, you know, and the strength and everything that it represents. And, and there's another tree called the terebinth tree. Uh, that one is the big one because it was the foresight and the promise of Jesus. And I think it's Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. Um, it says out of the stump of Jesse, in some cases, or out of the stump of David. Um, and, you know, everybody knows that Jesus, well, everybody knows. I always love saying that, but, you know, um, that Jesus is in the lineage of David. There we go. Thank you. Um, so, you know, if we're having that conversation, trees carry a great deal of significance in the Bible. And one of the first places that you see the understanding of the tree of life is in Genesis itself. Um, you get to see it in the operation of, of the commands that God gives Adam and Eve, uh, which are then at that time man and woman. Um, and he starts talking about, you know, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, we, so we see that one, you know, and it's right next to the tree of life is what most folks don't know. Um, and the, the tree of life is legitimately a tree of life and understanding of, of what it represented, which means that it was probably the most powerful um, in, in symbolism and everything concerning trees in the Bible. Because uh, you have to remember in, in Genesis chapter, I think it was chapter, yeah, it was still chapter 3, um, after God had just covered man and they had just given them the names Adam and then Adam names Eve, um, God is talking to himself again and he's basically saying that Adam and Eve have now eaten from this one tree that they weren't supposed to eat from. They're getting the fruit. They've, their eyes have been opened. Oops. You know, all that stuff. Um, and then, what does it say directly after that? It says, yo, if they eat from the tree of life, they're going to live forever. And so then God decides amongst himself, yo, they got to go. Which is not a good look in the grand scheme of things. So he ends up banishing them from the garden because if they eat from that tree of life, they then get access to immortality, which is ultimately the one thing that God wants of all of us. You know, believe me, it's even it's, it's tied back into the book of Revelation in so many different places. So we have to continue to keep in our mind and hearts the significance of the tree of life so when it says in in chapter 13 verse 12 of proverbs that a dream fulfilled is a tree of life it means that it carries it garnishes it it, it gives us eternal power and the understanding of its substance meaning that it is achieved it is complete and not only that but when you're talking about immortality it means that it's something that it it can't be defeated, it cannot be relinquished, it cannot be drawn back. None of that can happen because it's immortal, which means that it is indestructible in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Imagine if we got to a point where our confidence in each other as white and black brothers and sisters, as Hispanic brothers and sisters, Asian brothers and sisters, as, 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 as we continue to form a unity, that that unity was so tight that it was indestructible, that none of the hate of the world that ever came against it could prevail. And guess what? That's really what this is all about. 
if we bottom line it, this is like the understanding of the church. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is the church? The church is you. The church is me. And it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what I look like. All of us are a part of the church. Remember that the church, the very beginning of the church and the production of, of a life in Christianity happened because Jew and Gentile were all coming together. And Jew and Gentile, everybody on the outside end was looking at them like, yeah, what is happening right here? We don't understand this. We don't know what to make of this. We don't know what to call these people. Oh, we'll call them Christians, followers of Christ. And Derwin Gray, and nobody knows who he is, he's an amazing pastor in Charlotte, North Carolina, really helped to shake that man's hand one day. He pretty much is trying to explain that same thing. He's trying to tell people, well, you know, the development of Christianity was not just the development of Christ followers. In a sense, it was also the creation of a new ethnicity. Freeze. understanding of someone who loves and follows and is discipled by Jesus Christ is one that is a part of a new ethnic bloodline meaning that it doesn't matter what you look like because if you are in Christ being the new creation you are you belong to his family that is powerful then it doesn't matter who you are, my white brother, my Hispanic sister. It doesn't matter my Asian cousin. We are all a part of the same body. So now, let's be counterintuitive and think about this. If that is the case, then wouldn't it seem perfect for the devil to want to do everything that he could to sow discord and try and divide us try and pit brother against brother surprise that's exactly what's happening and you know for what it's worth I think of a day and time when we're going to look back at this and just be like this was a God moment it was a watershed moment whatever you want to call it um, where the line was drawn in the sand and people realized that this wasn't just a matter of race and it wasn't just a matter of human dignity this was a matter of honoring the reason that Christ died on the cross because so many people have already twisted the theology of the cross so many people have already twisted the understanding of what God expects and it's birthed different things it is it is birthed different religions it is birthed cults um, the way that people and their twisted hearts have sought to cause division amongst the church and God's people and I for one am done with that and I for one will no longer tolerate it um, it's not that I really tolerated it before, but I have a new sense of purpose in being in this now. My perspective has amplified drastically because I realize that if you are a, a believer in Christ, 
and you are my brother no matter what we agree or disagree on. I could care less about that. You go vote for who you want to vote for. You believe uh, certain things you want to believe as far as philosophy. That's fine. But if you believe in the same God that I believe in, and you believe the same thing I believe about Jesus Christ and the understanding of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we're good because we're family. And family don't always get along. But family is still family, and they still love and honor and do what they're supposed to do. So now let's just kind of put a little ribbon on this and fast forward to today and walk the same understanding out. A hope deferred makes the heart sick. This is very much true. And speaking from my own personal experience, I will tell you that I'd be lying if I didn't say that uh, that this scares me because I don't want this to be a repeat of anything that has happened previously in the past five to ten years you know hell even in the 90s with Rodney King you know we, we could have potentially begun to have that conversation then but we saw what happened and we saw how the police officers got off scot-free and you know there are a lot of people who have been challenging the notion of understanding of statistics and you know whether or not it really means anything that uh, more whites have actually died at the hands of police officers than blacks even though uh, the nation is made up of 60% Caucasians and we definitely run in the minority ring of all this um, you know even though it, it is true I don't have a problem saying it that our lowly percentage in the United States of America of African Americans are responsible for for almost 50% of the crimes yeah but at the same time remember the seedbed of how and why that is what it is today remember where that comes from remember that 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 is a part of the systemic racism that we've all been talking about for the past uh, really just few days you know there, there are so many different nuances we can have in this conversation but bottom line in this Regardless of what you think about black people's actions, especially in the past few days, remember that the main reason that we've done it, whatever we've done, whether it's a peaceful protest, whether it's a looting and a riot, uh, whether it's getting on social media and saying something that you've never heard before that probably makes you feel uncomfortable, um, remember that the main reason that it happened is because we are tied to the soul of a history that goes untaught and because it goes untaught it leaves us in a state of having a hope that never came leaving our hearts sick because of the amount of time that that hope has been deferred so now Selah take the moment and pause Think about the past only for the sake of objective education. I say nothing to bash my white brothers and sisters. I say nothing to harm them. I say everything to educate them and to give them a different mindset and to develop within them a focus that produces empathy so that when they hear of the next unfortunate event in which some black man is killed and it becomes a part of yet again 
a nationally televised event. Instead of saying, I, I need all the facts, I gotta, I gotta at least see some facts. Remember that that was your brother. Remember that that was your sister uh, that died. Remember that that was your brother or sister that was senselessly killed in most cases. Because remember, they belong to the body of Christ, especially if they're a believer. You can't not grieve over that fact, if nothing else. And then let everything else come out. You know, stuff is starting to come out right now about George Floyd, but guess what? It doesn't matter. George Floyd was still a man. And to be perfectly honest with you, he probably definitely, he most certainly had his flaws. But guess what? He was a Christian. He was a believer. And last I checked, ain't none of us perfect. If you would like to cast a stone, I'll wait. Okay, cool. So, you know, with, with, with the fact that he was a believer, the minute you found out he died, that should have been enough for you to have the empathy of all empathy, to grieve and to mourn with your fellow brother so that eventually when we get to the other side of this and we don't have to worry about these killings anymore, we can begin to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and hopefully that'll be us. Because again, remember that that will be a dream fulfilled. Martin Luther King said it years ago, I have a dream. And you know what? I for once am beginning to see that there's a possibility that his dream that he told us about could be fulfilled. And when it is fulfilled, it'll be like a tree of life. And prayerfully, it will legit be like a tree of life as set forth in the Bible. Something that is strong. Something that is powerful. Something that is indestructible. I'm praying for that. I believe for that. And I'm praying that you'll believe with me as well. so doggone late I'm tired but I don't even know if I'm going to go to sleep um, but I did want to lift up prayer requests um, if anybody has any feel free to type them in here uh, I will be glad to take a look at them I, um, I really oh, people have legit been actually talking up here my bad didn't even get a chance to see that um See real quick, Scott, you're ridiculous. I love you, man. Uh, yeah, we do need to be more Christ focused. I mean, that's what it's really all about for me. It's just Christocentrism, man. Jesus at the center. If Jesus isn't at the center, I don't want none of it. Uh, Star, my sister. You know what's so funny? I'm not even sure if we've actually met met yet, but you know, my my wife loves you and is behind you 100% and I know that you love her and I really appreciate you loving and supporting her so um, God bless you girl for sure uh, Lex <laughs> oh Lex 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 ah, the days of churchland they were so filled with so many different things but I really do love and appreciate you and I love your heart and I pray for you because I know that you were going through some things and I'm just believing that God will uh, uh, re restore and, and give you uh, the perfect testimony uh, even though ain't none of us are perfect so I'm glad you definitely said that and I don't know what I said for Star to say hello say it again but 
just pretend I said it again because I didn't get to see this because it didn't scroll down. Um, I do. I just, you know, I want to pray. If anybody else has any prayer requests, please feel free to pop them in here. But if not, um, uh, yeah, please receive it. Definitely receive it because you're worthy of it. Um, and we know that that's the kind of God that we serve for sure. So, um, so yeah, I'll pray over you. Uh, and I'll pray over our nation. I'll pray over the family of George Floyd. I'll pray over the family of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, um, all of those people. Um, and I pray that we do, we, we gain a sense of conscience and we understand what it means to stand together um, as a family in Christ uh, and do what it is to progress and to bring ourselves to the point where one day we no longer have the hope deferred that makes our hearts sick, that we do have uh, the, the dream fulfilled that is a tree of life. Um, pray up. Start. <laughs> I pray you studying so you can pass some three classes. I'm sure you are though. I'm just messing with you. Okay. That yeah. So uh, so let's go with Jesus right now. I just thank you again, oh God, for who you are. I thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your steadfastness in this season. Um, and God, I just honor you for who you are. And I honor you for the fact that even in the midst of, of these circumstances, you are prevailing. Um, by faith, oh God, I just believe that you are touching the hearts of individuals, that this is a brand new day, that this that this hits different, oh Lord. Uh, that it is just something that we have all been itching and waiting for, Father. And, and not just in the sense of understanding that there could be racial reconciliation, but Lord that your name will be lifted high, that you will be glorified. That is what we are asking for. That is what we seek because we know in that we also have the unity that can bring people together, God. So we cry out for that right now, Jesus. And right now, oh God, I also just pray that you would just touch the hearts of those individuals who are listening this evening, Lord, that you would just uh, continue to be in the situations uh, that they are currently facing, whether it be academics or otherwise. Father, we pray that you would bind the enemy, oh God, and bind all of his deception, Lord, and just cast it out and just let your hand continue to prevail and invade in our lives and let us just surrender all to you and, and just let you take over in the way that we know that you are capable of doing, Father. You are an almighty God. You are an omnipotent God. And we have to latch ourselves onto that power. So, Lord, we just give you these moments together, Father. And I do pray for this nation. I do pray for the status of rec racial reconciliation and all reconciliation uh, to just move exponentially um, on our planet, Father, in the United States and, and, and across the world, Lord. Just show up and move in a mighty, mighty way, Lord. And, and right now, Father, we just ask that you will continue to speak peace, oh God. Uh, to those who are grieving for the loss of their loved ones, Father. We know that no one is martyred, Father, but we do know also, though, that even in the midst of these situations, you can use the greatest of tragedies to bring the greatest of glory. And, Father, we are just believing in that right now with everything that is in us. Father, we white-knuckle um, as we hold on to the cause of the faith, as we hold on to faith itself. Father, show up and just do what you can, Lord. Show up because we know that you can do all things as you have told us that we can do all things through you who strengthens us, Father. We need that strength right now, Lord. We need that touch from you 
that we know that you are waiting to give it and in that we receive it, God. And Father, I just pray right now for rest, rest for tired souls, God, rest for tired souls. There's so many beautiful white brothers and sisters that are just in overload of all the information that they've received. Help them to process that, Father. Help them to manage it. And Father, for those African-American brothers and sisters, those black brothers and sisters who have endured on a daily basis things that we did not deserve to endure, Father, I just pray uh, that you will continue to give us a peace that transcends all understanding as well, Father. Just be the light, uh, the lamp into our feet and the light into our path and just show us the way, Jesus. Father, I just thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. And I just pray that we would just be able to get rest, oh God, rest in you. Uh, that you would just continue to refresh us, oh Lord. And that we would just maneuver through, that we would just power up and we would just finish strong. And we would just run our races with confidence, knowing that you are with us with every single step that we take. So Father, right now, uh, we give you this time, Father. We I just pray that everything that has been spoken, Father, not be in vain, that it would only be something that you asked me or told me to do. Um, and Lord, that as it's, it came out of my mouth, that it would manifest correctly in every heart, uh, Father, and that they would use it to be discipled, to be changed, and never be the same, oh Lord. Uh, so Father, we just love you right now. We thank you, um, and we give you all the praise. And it is in your precious and mighty name that we pray. Amen.